0: And we welcome you in the inaugural edition of the FCS Fever podcast, a part of the Aaron Torres media feed. My name is Jeff Colhane. I'm fired up, folks. I'm excited to be here and looking forward to what this podcast and what this show brings to you and what you bring to it as well throughout the entire college football season. A banner weekend around the world of FCS college football, wasn't it? In the opening week, week one, six FCS wins over FBS foes in the opening weekend. The best and most prosperous weekend in that regard since the 2013 season. What's this show all about? Let me give you a little background on myself if you don't know. Uh, able and, and blessed, lucky enough to be the radio play-by-play announcer here in North Dakota State. This is my sixth season here. I've called three national championship games. I've seen great football. I've seen the greatest dynasty in the history of the sport and been a part of it for a brief period of time. And I'm not talking about the boys down in Tuscaloosa. I'm talking about what they've accomplished here at North Dakota State started by Craig Bowl, followed up by Chris Kleiman and now Matt Entz the head football coach here at NDSU continuing that on into the fall of 2021 in his third season at the helm uh, the other item about me I've been fortunate enough to cover two power five college football programs in my career that mean a lot to their fan bases, and to the people around their respective states. That stops in Nebraska and also in West Virginia. Two great places, two places I hold very near and dear to me in a big-time way. So I've had a, a unique opportunity to see how the world of Power 5 college football works, how how the world of Power 5 conferences work and also, while covering games and, and seeing the wins, the losses, the successes, the failures, we're in a day and age where realignment is absolutely massive right now. Case in point, what's going on with the Big 12? How does it factor in with the FCS? Well, it has a trickle-down effect, and we'll cover that part of it on this podcast Here on the FCS Fever podcast as well. Some news around the Big 12 later on this week. But I've seen different levels of football. Heck, called Division II games as well early on in my career. So I feel uniquely qualified to a certain extent To kind of go through and and get a feel about how each level lives and how it all compares and how it comes together. It's not going to be an FCS versus FBS podcast week in and week out, but early in the season, there are certainly a lot of those conversations. I said it quite a bit this last weekend, and teams went out and prove me to be correct. On certain nights around college football, the only difference between the FBS and the FCS, folks, is that middle initial. And that's it. Uh, No, I'm not sitting here saying you're going to see FCS teams, they can compete in the SEC or can compete in the ACC or Big 12 week in and week out. But on any given night, depending on the circumstances, you can see special things happen. And I think that's what... Uh, makes the sport even better. Uh, I know the big schools kind of want to go and do their own thing. We'll see how that all shakes out down the road. But when you see games like this and success stories like this, uh, it makes things Even more interesting and gives you an off script type of feel to what's happening around the world of college football. So, we got a lot of cool stuff coming your way on this podcast. Subscribe, like, comment. Let me know what you want to hear, who you'd like to have on the show. We'd love to draw attention to your respective programs and to players because the coaches, the players, they put in the work too. They sacrifice, they do all the same things that the players and coaches and everyone around Power 5 programs and FBS programs do day in and day out. There's some great football being played at this level, and I would even go to say this in 2021, with the way the division is set up at the top in FCS college football, you have got five, six programs, maybe even more this season, that are Power 5 capable. That is right, Power 5 caliber even at 63 scholarships, which makes this season extremely exciting for the first time. And who knows how long, you know, in years past, you'd have one, two, three, maybe four programs you look at before the season started. And you'd say, well, you know, those teams have a shot at getting to Frisco, Texas this year. More than that. And I think there's even a few that we're not talking about maybe in that current group. Uh, And that current group I mentioned would be programs like Sam Houston, South Dakota State, Montana, North Dakota State, James Madison, just to name a couple. There are certainly others. I don't want to, you know, name everybody right now. But the way that the division sets up this year, it makes things extremely exciting and it's going to be fun to follow for fans and for folks like me across the country uh, looking at how teams get it done week in and week out on, uh, on a weekly basis here in 2021. All right, let's dive into what was an amazing weekend for the FCS. It doesn't get much better than what we saw, folks, in week number one. Six FCS wins over FBS foes. You saw it starting on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, throughout the entire weekend. And the, the division was well represented, went into different locales around the FBS power five as well and we're able to go out and get the job done uh, great wins across the board hard to differentiate who had a better win overall but you got to start with a power five win right and a shout out to Bobby Hawk and the Montana Grizzlies the Grizz have been on a climb back uh, to where Bobby Hawk had the program in his first stint in Missoula winning national titles and now after a brief time away Bobby Hawk is back and wants to to get the the program back to where they were in his first uh, first go-around. They go into Seattle, Lake Washington in the background, truly one of the picturesque venues in all of college football. And I know the Pac-12, outside of UCLA, with an impressive win over LSU, they had a rough weekend taking it in the teeth. Uh, The Montana defense... Really took it to Washington late into the night on Saturday, enter out to a 13 to seven win over the 20th ranked Washington Huskies, holding U Dub well below 300 yards of total offense. And anytime you see this, I don't care what the rankings are. You can quantify it, qualify it, however you like. Well, Washington is not going to be this. Maybe they're overranked. No, 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 no. We're not. We're not doing that here. This is a big time win that should be celebrated. A quality win by Montana. And um, the first one since NDSU first Power Five ranked win by an FCS team since NDSU North Dakota State knocked off Iowa back in 2016. The Hawkeyes ranked number 11 in the country, coming off of a 12 and 0 regular season and a Rose Bowl berth in 2015. The Bison won that game 23 to 21 off the leg of Cam Peterson, a 37-yard field goal. So shout out Montana, an impressive win, and a lot of folks wondering. The Grizz only played two games in the spring. Uh, you know, I don't know how much you get to take away from two games that maybe were felt more like spring football scrimmages overall, but uh, obviously some continuity there, a talented group, and Bobby Hawk has some things rolling right now. In Missoula. So, an impressive win by Montana. Here's their play by play voice, Riley Corcoran, who documented it all on the Grizzlies radio network, talking with us about the W. It's been euphoria here and the national attention, as you guys know well, of what happened in 2016. When you pull off an upset like this, it's historic on a lot of different levels. And I think even more so here in Missoula, it has been a long time coming. Everyone around the nation has, has seen the hashtag RTD and has kind of heard rumblings. Well, is Montana on the way back well last last saturday was really that first indication that, yes, this Grizzly team is back on the national stage and ready to compete for the things that everyone wants here in Missoula, which is a Big Sky title and uh, especially a national title. Banner weekend for the FCS. How about a banner weekend for the Big Sky? And it may be the, the best weekend in the history of the conference. Let's go all the way back to Thursday. UC Davis goes into Tulsa, the Golden Hurricane, and the American Dan Hawkins, the Hawk, strikes again. He had mentioned during preseason that he thought this might be his best. UC Davis team overall and the Aggies going to Tulsa and beat the Golden Hurricane 19-17 on Thursday and then you had to get the coffee out or your favorite beverage to uh, watch on stadium late late into the night uh, maybe early morning hours depending on where you were at Eric Barrier in Eastern Washington they beat UNLV in double overtime 35-33 on Thursday night look folks I get it UNLV Probably not going to be a bowl team, not going to be a world beater by any means. But Eastern Washington goes in there, gets the job done, a back-and-forth game, some ups and downs. But Eric Berrier, who I thought should have won the Walter Payton Award for the top offensive player in the FCS in the springtime, uh, not throwing any shade at Cole Kelly from Southeastern Louisiana. I think he's a phenomenal player and an NFL-caliber guy at quarterback coming out of the FCS. Eric Barrier is a special player fun to watch, and he is going to do whatever he can to get Eastern Washington back into the postseason and to make a deep run as he helped lead the Eagles to a national championship game in 2018. Folks, on Friday night, there are are games that you play where, again, the initial is the only difference. The better team Friday night in Fort Collins was out of the FCS, and South Dakota State Would beat Colorado State six or seven times out of ten. Maybe, you know, who knows, maybe more on the road in Fort Collins if those teams played ten times. South Dakota State looked tremendous. And John Stiglmeier has his Jackrabbit football team in a place where they are talking now about winning a national championship and not talking about how to get past North Dakota State and to get themselves into position to have a chance at winning a Missouri Valley Football Conference championship. They have been able to develop their depth. They've been able to build their depth and their talent along the offensive and defensive line in the trenches. They have a tremendous one-two combo at running back in Pierre Strong Jr. and Isaiah Davis. And the quarterback, big question, with Mark Gronowski going down in the national championship game in the springtime with a knee injury. Chris Oladokin, the Samford transfer, started his career. career at South Florida. Oladokun looked the part. Looked like he'd been in the program for three, four, five years. He looked very, very good. If South Dakota State can get that type of consistent play at a Chris Oladokun at quarterback SDSU is going to have a great opportunity to do something special once again they roll Colorado State 42 to 23 on Friday night I right, we get into Saturday holy cross holy cross out of the Patriot League they played SDSU in the springtime in the playoffs in Brookings they have continued to develop their talent in recruiting, uh, I follow guys like B- Brian McLaughlin, Craig Haley, uh, Sam Herder, as well. And those guys have talked about what Holy Cross is doing, and I'm sorry to uh, uh, my 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 colleague and friend Aaron Torres, a UConn grad. Uh, this uh, essentially ended the Randy Edsel era over the weekend as Holy Cross beats UConn 38-28. to 28. Shout out to the Crusaders of Holy Cross. A nice win, an impressive win. FCS downing the FBS. And also ETSU. ETSU goes in to Nashville. Another Power 5 win for the FCS on Saturday night. Tough way to start for Clark Lee in his first game as the head coach at Vandy. ETSU out of the SoCon. They go in and they do it up the right way. They beat Vanderbilt 23-3 to on Saturday night. Second ever FBS win in the history of the program for ETSU. And really impressive stuff uh, by the Bucs going in and knocking off an SEC foe on the road and beating the Vanderbilt Commodores the way that they did. So six wins in the opening weekend. FCS over FBS. That's the most most in the season since 2018 for the subdivision and just after the first weekend of play also saw a tweet from Brian McLaughlin who does a great job covering the FCS and all of college football the 100th win by the division over an FBS team and 27th over a power five since 2008 ETSU getting it done Montana with the fifth FCS win over a ranked FBS team since 2007 again a banner weekend for the subdivision a lot of fun storylines impressive feats done how will all of these teams now move forward and continue to build off of their success after an early season victory. We've seen some teams who have had a big program-defining win like this early in the year not get past it, and some have not been able to move on and get into the postseason. Or continue on a high level of success overall that is what these coaching staffs will be tasked with now how do you celebrate this but now move on and continue on with your season and not hang your hat on this victory for another three four weeks by that point in time maybe you've stubbed your toe a few times and you're in a bad position yourself with conference play starting up here in a few weeks right around the corner at length you got to be able to figure out a way to enjoy it but also Now turn the page and move on and get it going. Other games, other results that stuck out to me from over the weekend. Number one ranked Sam Houston. They went into northern Arizona. Sometimes going into Flagstaff, no matter the situation, can be a little sleepy for some teams. Watched a lot of that game on Thursday night. Sam Houston, the defending national champions out of the springtime. They look like a confident group. They look like a team that now they've done it. They've been there. They've done that. And they've got essentially everybody back. In all three phases, Sam Houston routes Northern Arizona 42-16. to 16. Casey Keeler has one heck of a ball club coming out and coming off of an impressive spring season where they got to Frisco, came from behind to defeat South Dakota State for that win. James Madison, Kurt Signetti's group, is going to be right in the mix, certainly, uh, week in and week out. They route Moorhead State with a massive second half offensively, 68-10, to but it may have cost the Dukes losing all-American tackle Liam Fornado to the season uh, due to a knee injury for the season, I should say. He is one heck of a player. Wish Liam all the best. JMU with an amazing running back room and uh, Cole Johnson slinging that thing all over the field. JMU obviously a team to watch. As well, North Dakota State coming out of the springtime, the the Bison were hit hard by the pandemic. We we've gone through the the numbers, the the players lost, etc. By this point in time, and I think the start and stop nature of the spring season certainly affected. NDSU. Matt and his coaching staff has his team fired up, focused, and ready to go here in the fall. They took on a team from the University at Albany led by Jeff Undercuffler and Carl Mofor and the Bison defensively. Code Green really got after the Great Danes and made life difficult on U Albany in route to a 28 to 6 win. In the second half, a dominant effort by NDSU's defense. 17 plays was all that was run by U Albany for just 15 total yards. And the Bison had a time of possession victory in the second half 22 minutes to eight for the Great Danes. Great nickname, by the way, you Albany. I'm a Great Dane owner, dog lover, shout out there. But it was not the day of the Great Danes. They went back home to the state capitol with their tails tucked between their legs following a 28-6 win by NDSU. The Bison, again, a season in the spring where they were knocked out in the quarterfinals at Sam Houston. This is a group that is focused. By no means have they fallen off the cliff or are out of the national conversation with a national championship in mind, this is a fall where the Bison want to tap everybody else on the shoulder and remind them that they do indeed know how to win and win at a high level, and did so knocking off a first-time foe in the Fargo Dome in front of just over 15,100 fans, an Albany team that made the playoffs in 2019. Big storyline for for Bison fans and FCS fans, the quarterback spot. Trey Lance, certainly an unbelievable year in 2019. Walter Payton Award winner, leaves early. The pandemic cuts his career short here at NDSU and heads to the NFL, where the number 3 pick with the San Francisco 49ers currently a guy that seems to factor in in Kyle Shanahan's offense overall Quarterback position, Quincy Patterson the second from Chicago, Virginia Tech transfer, making his first career start in a Bison uniform, and he looked the part in a big-time way. They didn't put him in situations where they forced Quincy to make a bunch of plays. They put him in some good spots. He was able to execute and make the right throws. Quincy Patterson threw the ball well, threw it with accuracy, and threw it with strength. Some great arm strength there for Patterson. NFL caliber arm out of Quincy Patterson the second twelve of sixteen for 115 yards and a score. Here's NDSU head football coach Matt Entz on what he saw from Quincy Patterson the second in his first career start in a Bison uniform. I thought he did a really good job. He was twelve of sixteen through a, a had a great touchdown. Josh Babbage. Josh Babbage had a had a tremendous game. Uh, not only uh, route running and, and catching the touchdown, but at the point of attack in the run game as well. Um, did a nice job. We, we, we tried to build a package that so he'd get the ball out of his hands quickly. Um, if they were going to play off, we, we, we'd take the hitch, we take the stop route, uh, and let our receivers make plays and, and break tackles, which you saw Christian turn about a, an eight yard little hitch into an 18 yard gain. Those, those are the things we need to be able to continue to do. Um, I anticipate we'll try to continue to gradually expand his, uh, Quincy's role, uh, uh, give him more and more week to week. But he did a really good job. And uh, you could see he was excited to be out there. Uh, Love seeing the energy after the touchdown pass. Dominic Ganella, sophomore running back for NDSU, who also spent time in the Arizona Diamondback Summer League for about six, seven weeks this past summer. He had a big day. 13 carries, 135 yards, and two touchdowns, including a 75-yard touchdown strike. Code Green, NDSU's defense holding you Albany, 0 for 11 on third down. The Bison, a 28-6 win. Delaware and the CAA, you get some of these CAA games early in the season. Delaware with a nice win uh, at Maine, 34-24, coming off of a semifinal round appearance in the spring of 2021. Southern Illinois, their head coach Nick Hill is doing some good things, folks, in Carbondale. They had a quarterback battle with Nick Baker and Stole Baker named the starter. I'd say Nick Hill uh, made the right choice. He put up some huge numbers in the win at Southeast Missouri State, 47-21. And to Southern Illinois, that program, a top 10 crew with what Nick Hill has done there in Carbondale. They are an impressive bunch to say the least. And the boys up north, where we sit right now, the University of North Dakota, they've had some demons in Pocatello, Idaho, at Idaho State, at Holt Arena. They have got some tremendous skill position players. They also have some pieces on defense that are very, very good. UND wins at Idaho State by the score of 35-14. to 14. Sad to see the injury to Ray Haas, one of their top linebackers. He has lost for the year. It's a big loss for UND on the defensive side of the ball but the uh, the fighting hawks hope to be in the mix when the conversation comes around that playoff time obviously and in the missouri valley football conference after a tri-conference championship shared with sdsu and missouri state in the spring of 2021 and one more team i'd like to mention i thought was impressive how about the governors from austin p in the ohio valley conference the ovc has been hit by FCS expansion, losing programs like Jacksonville State and Semo, 17th ranked Austin P. They win at Chattanooga, a 30 to 20 win over the Mocs. Out of the SOCON. That's a quality FCS versus FCS win for Austin P. A team to watch in 2021, one that has postseason aspirations. All right, how about some helmet stickers individually for some of the top individual performances around the country? And you're gonna have matchups with lesser foes, obviously, early on in non-conference play. But wanted to bring up some of these names that stood out to me. How about Ren Hefley? quarterback for Presbyterian. Yes, the Blue Hose. He had a massive game throwing the football. It was against an NAI opponent, St. Andrews, but the University of Michigan transfer, look at these numbers. Outstanding. A record, FCS single game record, 10 touchdown passes, and an 84-43 win. Uh, over St. Andrews, 538 yards passing the football, 38 of 50, throwing it. Ren Hefley, the Michigan transfer, with a record-setting day, an FCS single-game record, 10 touchdown passes. Ten for Ren Hefley. And they didn't get the win, and losses aren't celebrated a ton, but Ryan Greenhagen, senior linebacker for the Fordham Rams, Went into Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, Nebraska, taking on the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And Greenhagen, literally everywhere on the field, earning the respect of a Power 5 offense. You heard Husker offensive players talk about him throughout post-game press conferences. Ryan Greenhagen with an FCS single-game record. 31 tackles. Get that guy in ice bath, folks. Greenhagen, 31 tackles, an FCS single game record, setting the Fordham and Patriot League record as well. Shout out Ryan Greenhagen from Fordham, senior linebacker with an amazing day, 31 tackles, a new FCS single game record for the senior linebacker out of Fordham. Well, folks, we hope you enjoyed it. We've got plenty coming your way throughout the entire season. Uh, Stay heads up, Spotify, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, subscribe, comment. Let me know what you'd like to see as we continue to talk FCS college football here on the FCS Fever podcast. We'll bring it your way. Have some fun. Coming up in our episode later on this week on a Friday, we will take a look at the opportunities out there in some of the big-time games in non-conference play in week number two, some FCS versus FBS matchups, and what else we'll see around the subdivision, some conference games starting big games in the CAA this weekend, and others around all of FCS college football. My name is Jeff Colhane. We hope you caught some FCS fever today on the podcast. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll talk to you again later in the week.